Hi, this is Carol Miller, and welcome to our Get the Let Out calendar. On July 30th, 1984, Stephen Stills released a solo album called Right By You, with some guest appearances by Jimmy Page. The title track of the album was one of three songs that featured Page's guitar work. Jimmy appeared on the first and last songs of the Stephen Stills album, and also one other in between titled Flaming Heart. Take notice that Flaming Heart was also a Led Zeppelin lyric. Fifty years ago, on July 31st, 1968, Jimmy Page went to London to attend a show by the singer Tim Rose because Page was interested in the drummer recommended to him by his new friend, Robert Plant. I'd seen John Bonham play, and I felt him play, actually. It was quite an experience. And he was, he was playing with a, a musician called Tim Rose, who wrote, um, he wrote um, Morning Dew. I think he might have written Hey Joe as well, that Jimi Hendrix did. So, so um, there were now sort of a possible three, and John Paul Jones. Jimmy Page now had the complete lineup of Led Zeppelin picked out in his mind. John Paul Jones was ready to quit his lifestyle of non-stop studio recording sessions, and Robert Plant was ready to make the leap. But Jimmy and Robert now had to persuade Bonham to be their drummer. Fifty years ago, on August 1st, 1968, Jimmy Page placed a long-distance call to his manager, Peter Grant, who realized that if Jimmy was spending money to place a long-distance call, then it must be important. Jimmy rang me up and said, like, I thought, this is unusual. Jimmy calling me, he's spending money on the call. So I said, I saw a drummer, heard a drummer last night. He said, he's so unbelievable, we just got to get him. And that was John Bonham. When Jimmy told Peter Grant how much he wanted John Bonham to play the drums in the New Yardbirds, Peter started sending telegrams to him. It was a messaging campaign that did not produce immediate results. He had to send as many as 30 telegrams over the next week or so before Bonham finally decided whether or not he was joining the New York Birds. 50 years ago, by August 2nd, 1968, Jimmy Page had gone out of his way to seek out Robert Plant, and he was impressed by his vocals. They also spent some time together listening to music and discussing the direction they could take in a band together. And when Robert heard Jimmy play, he realized what a good fit they'd be for each other. Robert had decided in his teen years to pack it in as a singer if he didn't make it big by the age of 20. And his 20th birthday was on the 20th of the month, so this had better be the band that was going to make him famous. You know, I mean, I was fed up with fixing the roads and working on a Saturday and a Sunday. You know, I mean, it was nice to meet anybody. And when I heard him play, it was such a celebration. It was great. He was somebody who could play the blues with an attitude that wasn't just black. Fifty years ago, on August 3, 1968, John Bonham played a show in Birmingham, England with the American singer Tim Rose. It was possibly at this show that Robert Plant attended so that he could encourage his friend Bonzo to join the New York Birds. But Bonzo had other offers to consider. He was already enjoying steady pay in Tim Rose's band, and he was also being sought out separately by singers Chris Farlow and Joe Cocker. And Pat Bonham, John's wife, had grown skeptical of her husband working in yet another band with Robert Plant after they failed to take off as first the Crawling King Snakes and later the Band of Joy. And the Yardbirds had not had a hit song 
in three years. On August 6th, 1979, Led Zeppelin were in between two shows at the Nebworth Festival on two consecutive Saturdays. Zeppelin's new album, In Through the Outdoor, was not out yet, so Robert Plant was asked to describe the new songs that they did not play at Nebworth. Here's one of Robert's song descriptions. South Band Suarez is a, a reminiscent of, uh, I suppose, about 5 o'clock in the morning in New Orleans. I'm wishing you got the strength you had at 9 a.m. Yes. <laughs> one of them. But it's a real good one. That has a nice belt-in thing. And that's probably the more typical mm-hmm. thing that people could immediately go, ah, oh, that's a bit like a Custard Pie or something like that. Or well, the Wanton Song. Wanton Song, yeah. It's got a kind of drive. The two shows at the Nebworth Festival wound up being Led Zeppelin's final British performances. On August 7th, 1971, Led Zeppelin played the first of two nights at the Casino in Montreux, Switzerland. This was Zeppelin's second time there after a show the previous year. The casino had become a grand European destination for concertgoers, with 2,000 people inside, but many others outside. It was Zeppelin manager Peter Grant's idea to provide outdoor speakers to broadcast the show to all the fans outside the casino who didn't have tickets. Here's a taste of what they heard. On August 8, 1969, Led Zeppelin played a double feature with Jethro Tull in San Bernardino, California. They played at the National R and Showgrounds at an area called the Swing Auditorium. Before either band played, the show opened with a local act called The Caretakers. A crowd of 7,500 attended on a day with temperatures in the 90s and apparently some indoor humidity. So they played something without guitar. On August 9th, 1979, Led Zeppelin were getting ready for their second appearance at the Nebworth Festival in England. Selections of Zeppelin's performances including the Nebworth shows, turned up on an official Led Zeppelin DVD release 30-some years later. John Paul Jones says there's a commonality between the Zeppelin of 69 and the Zeppelin of 79. Yeah, you can see it in the Nebworth. Bonzo and I are still watching each other, and making sure everything's right and right place, and there's constant adjusting. And, and that was always there. And every concert is given the same commitment and the same weight and the same treatment. Whether it's in front of 20 people or 20,000, it's always the same. Everybody tries all the time and, you know, it's not, oh, well, this is, doesn't matter what we do here. Or, there was never, it was always a very professional attitude. Fifty years ago, around August 10th, 1968, John Bonham finally accepted Jimmy Page's repeated offers to come and rehearse with this new Yardbirds lineup he'd been putting together. I had it in my mind exa- exactly what, what I wanted to try and get together, and then it was just a matter of, of searching around for the right personnel that could, that could pull it off. Although I, I had in mind a, a very powerful drummer, um, you know, I wasn't ready for John Bonham, I must say he was... Uh, 
beyond the realms of anything that I could possibly have imagined, you know. It's absolutely phenomenal. Bonham turned out to be the last piece of the puzzle to fall into place for Jimmy. Bonzo was the hardest to convince because financially, his priorities were at home with his wife, Pat, and their two-year-old son, Jason. This is Carol Miller. Thanks for getting the let out. Check back next week for another Get the Let Out Calendar podcast.